Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Well, it is great to have so many friends here this morning, so many visitors. I know Beat, I believe you're joining us. Just moved here from Longreach. We've got Phil and Eileen and the beautiful It's so nice to have you guys here. These guys are from C3 Oxford Falls. Looks like you'll be moving up here shortly, which is absolutely fantastic. We welcome these guys. And uh, you've got friends Tim and... Tim and Candida. Say that again. Tim and Candida. Candida, fantastic. God, God bless you. So thank you for joining us this morning. It's really nice to have you here. Uh, is there anybody else joining us this morning for the first time? We had a family that came in earlier, and then we started praying in tongues, and then they... They either got raptured or they left. <laughs> so, no, I'm not sure. Hey, I'm excited uh, to be bringing the word this morning. It's absolutely fantastic. And I've got to tell you, I've had the best 36 hours I've had in a very, very long time. I don't know how your week's been, how your weekend's been. Uh, but my brother, my, my, my younger brother, Luke, he's been struggling a little since our other brother, Matty, passed nine months ago now. And he just reached out on Friday and said, I, I need to hang with you. I said, get up, he lives yeah. on the Gold Coast. So we got in his car and arrived Friday lunch and I just cleared the schedule and we went for a surf yeah. and we had a burger. And we went home and chilled and then we went out for dinner and then we went home and then we went for a surf and then I made him breakfast and I was going to two surfs, three meals and the world was right again. Hey. Uh, and it was it was just a really, I felt refreshed. I really, I really felt refreshed and just getting that time was unbelievable. And then, then to top that off, we had men's group last yeah. night, our men's meeting with Glenn, and it was unbelievable. And he really challenged the guys to start thinking differently. And it was like, if you want your world to look different, start thinking differently. Yeah. Uh, there's more on the inside of you than you think. And he talked about the Navy SEALs in America, that they literally push themselves to the point of death. So, so they actually have to allow themselves to drown so that their, their fellow SEALs can revive them and bring them back. And they're, they're taught that when you're at the end of yourself, you're actually not. Yeah. That, that you're actually only really at about 40%. Mm-hmm. That there's more on the inside of you, which kind of sounds biblical. It kind of sounds like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That that, that I face, that that I'm challenged by. There's, I've got more on the inside. And it was cool because we know this stuff, but we don't always live this stuff out. Yeah. And, and he just challenged us to go beyond status quo. Yeah. Go beyond social norms. Live bigger and better and let ourselves rise to a, a new level. And I love what it says in, in Isaiah 55, it says, my ways aren't your ways and my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways are above your ways and my thoughts are above your thoughts. And he, and he just kind of brought it to us from Jeremiah 29.11. We know this, everybody knows this. If you want to say it with me, you can. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And he kind of challenges us that, what if you believe that? Because yeah. Yeah. it sounds good and it sounds, oh, God's got plans for my life. This is unbelievable. I thought I had plans, but he's got plans. I, I nearly got a smile out of ass this morning. This is awesome. But what if we believe that God's plans for our lives were to bless us and not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope? That no matter what I walk through in life, no matter what I'm challenged by, no no matter what contrary winds blow, I can just keep putting one foot in front of the other because despite what I'm walking through, God has plans for my life. And they're to bless me and not to harm me and to give me a future and a hope. It would be like believing that nothing was impossible. 
which again sounds biblical because the Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. With God, nothing will be impossible. So I just, we're talking about passionate living, or I'm, this is kind of part two, I might get there, I don't know. Uh, I want to encourage us, I want to stir us and shake us and put a bit of a, a fire under us. So let's live fully. God is most glorified when you are most alive. Yeah. Not when you're striving, not when you're struggling, not when you're worried, not when you're strung out. When you go, God, yeah. I may have nothing, but with you I have everything. Yeah. Because I've got you, my cup runs over. Yeah. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Yeah. Can I remind somebody this morning, God is with you. Yeah. God is for you. God has gone behind you. He sees the end from the beginning and says, it's good. I'm working together everything for your good. Yeah. I'm increasing your capacity. I'm pouring into your life. You lack nothing with me. Just keep looking to me. Yeah. And I, I think, man, I must be just so simple because I'm, I'm walking through life going, oh, oh, my gosh. And I start thinking about the situation and I take my eyes off him and, and the situation gets magnified. Yeah. But the second, Aaron put a rocket up me this week and he said, I talked to you yesterday and you were talking like this and now you've thought about a situation, now you're talking like this, stop it. I went, whoa. And, and, and he was right. You know, iron sharpens iron. Melissa yeah, was talking yeah. about Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens irons like a friend, you know, lightens the countenance of their friend. Yeah. And it's like, you know what, Christian, good, good, good. Put your eyes back on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, the one that went before you, the one that loves you, that sustains you, that carries you. This week, God is carrying you. God is with you. God is empowering you, and he's waiting for you to step up and step out into all that he has for you. Amen? And last week, Father's Day, Justin was off the hook. He, uh, he talked about living in rhythm. If you ever can't make a Sunday, can I encourage you? We always put up an online, and then we always put up a podcast. Go and listen to that message. It will bless you. And, and it was just talking about most men, and we were talking men generically, but most people don't do life that well because they do it out of rhythm. But there is a rhythm in God that sets us up for success, yeah. that sets us up for blessing. Yeah. And, and, and when we read and when we pray and when we read the Word and when we pray and when we read the Word and when we, we find a rhythm... It's like a cadence. It's like riding a bike at one point. Have you ever ridden a bike for any long distance? Mm -hmm. I, I've got a road bike and I, I like to ride. And the first five k's, you've got some lactic acid. You've got some, the, your muscles are tight. Things are tough and you're pushing. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point when I've pushed enough that the blood starts to flow a little more. My rhythm of my breathing regulates and I start to yeah. hit a rhythm. And then I find myself when I'm on a, a long flat for 5, 10, 15 kilometers that it's like it's effortless yeah. and I'm just hitting my stride. I don't know if anybody here is a runner. It might be the same in that. But I, I find my rhythm and in my rhythm I find my power. Yeah. And then I can just keep going. Yeah. The first yeah. one. That was, that was the outcome. That's where I found my power. Thank you, Trey. We're friends like these. Uh, and... It, it's effortless. And the first five Ks, I was tempted to turn around. There's a bit of a headwind. There's a bit of a something's coming against me. Man, there's a lot of traffic. I shouldn't have gone riding at peak hour. At peak hour on the Sunshine Coast. That's yeah. a good thing. Three cars, not four. And, uh, and, but now at 15 Ks, I want to go for another 20. Yeah, wow. And I think it's like that in our spiritual life. When we find that rhythm of prayer and the Word, 
and prayer and the word. It's, and it's tough at first. Mm. Got to get up that half an hour early. I got to press in. I got to. But but after five k's, after half an hour, after doing, I'm getting energized. Yeah. And I'm finding my flow. God wants you to do life in flow. Yeah. And where it's effortless, where He's sustaining, where He's the wind in your sails. I wanted to say those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Those that wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord. Yeah. My business. No, no, they, those that wait upon the Lord. My marriage. Those who wait upon the Lord. My health. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and will not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. Those that find rhythm for their life. And I'm sorry, he's, he said to me this morning, he goes, mate, have you got any other scriptures? Because I never get to put scriptures up because you don't get to your scriptures. And <laughs> I apologized in advance. So, no, I don't have any other scriptures for you. Question for you this morning. Do you want to live blessed, favored, a life of abundance? Yes. And are you passionate about it? Because that's what God says he has in store for you. I love this. In Psalm 92, it says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. I want to flourish in life. I want life to be fresh and flourishing. I want life to work. Yeah. I want life to reflect my dreams. Because the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. So, so, but what it goes on to say, uh, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted shall flourish. This is the word of God. What does it say? That heaven and earth will pass away, but my word remains. Yeah. It says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped. This is the word of God. You shall flourish as you plant yourself yeah. in the community of God, in the family of God, in the house of God. Why would I be talking about living passionately for the house of God? Because it's the very thing that he committed himself to build. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my house. Yeah. In building his house, he's building us. Yeah. He's building you. You get bigger yeah. in community. You get bigger yeah. in the house of God. Your life is enlarged as you spend it yeah. for God. Yeah. As you, I love what Vicky said. This, this life is fleeting. And yes, it's, it's nice to enjoy what we have in this time. Live blessed. Live abundant, live, live prospered, live favoured, live under the smile of God. But this will end. Yeah. We, we are built, we are created. The Bible calls us aliens. That we are spiritual beings inhabiting an earthly tent. A body that will, from dust to dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But then we will go for eternity to be with the Lord. Why should I commit myself? I, I need to commit myself to the house because it's the very thing God committed himself to build. Wow. and strengthen and be a part of. So so everybody wants to be blessed. But I want to ask you this. How about being a blessing? Because we said, you know, what does it say in Psalm 1? Blessed is the man, walks not in the council, sits in the way of sinners, stands in the way of mockers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree, planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in season. Whatever he does shall prosper. But why are you blessed? And why do you prosper? To be a blessing. Yeah. And I want to ask you here this morning, do you have a burning desire and passion to bless God? Because we're crying out to God to bless us. But if we live with the, the thinking that the I only exist for God to bless me, I've missed the point. Mm. 
I live to bring glory to God. I was created and put on this planet to reflect his glory to mankind and to say, God, I bless you. God, through my actions, through my life, through my desires, through my words, through what I do, God, I have a desire in my heart to bless you. And again, the way we bless God is to, to, to purposely and fully come alive. Don't let your life be subdued. Don't let your life be limited. There is no limit in God for you and your... And, and, you know, Glenn made a point last night. You, have you ever thought or imagined a time in history where two people over 75 would be in the White House yeah. as the president? And at 70, they decided, I'm going to become the president. Because most people are winding down at that time in life. I've done my duty. I've paid my dues. I've, I've worked my 40 years. I've got my gold watch. Now I'm retired. Now I slow down and retreat. No, no, let's, the Bible says that we're not of those that shrink back or of those that press forward unto salvation, unto a greater day. The Bible says the way of the righteous winds upwards. Why can you live passionately? Because tomorrow is going to be better than today. And it's promised and it's assured and God is saying, this is what I want to do for your life. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. Right here we have the Kohathites. Uh, the, the, these are the sons of Korah. They're worshippers. They serve in, the, in the, the temple. And they're saying, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. They're praising and they're praying. They're pra- the, the way you get passionate about the house of God is you praise and you pray. And you praise and you pray. And you praise, and when I'm praising and praying, I'm not criticizing and pulling down. Because I'm seeing what's right and not what's wrong. Because I'm praising and I'm praying. There's no space for negativity. There's no space. There's always always things that can be done better, but why don't I be the one that fills the gap and does it better? That makes the house of God what it's not currently, so it can become what God wants it to be. Amen? It says this, it says, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Can I ask you this morning, when was the last time you shouted joyfully to the living God? Because I'm reminded of a scripture where David, he, 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 he stripped down to his loincloth and started dancing and worshipping God. And he was chastised and belittled by his wife. He said, I'll get crazy than this. You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. I'll, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm praising and praying. I'm praising because God is good and he's done good things in my life. And, and he's with me and he's made promises. And man, this is, this is nothing. This is just the beginning. When was the last time you joyfully shed? You, you thought you took a sealer moment. You paused and went, oh, my gosh. Good. I am blessed. Everything God said. I can honestly look back 30 years. It hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been easy. There's been some twists and things I didn't think were going to happen. And God has been faithful every step of the way. Where I can go, God, you're good. God, you're good. Melissa says, please don't strip down to your underwear. I don't (laughs) don't dance. Just just keep your gear on. We're fine. But when was the last time you did that? And would you consider doing that? Because these are guys that served in the house. Their passion, their desire, their stirring in life was for the house of God. But not only the house of God, the presence of God. Yeah. But what I know is this. When, when I seek God and when I seek his house, I'm filled. Yeah. And I sense a filling. Yeah. I sense a swirling in the spiritual atmosphere of the spirit of God. And God wanting to take you where you've never been before. But to go somewhere we've never been before, we have to do something we've never done before. 
And we have to let our passions and our desires grow and increase. And it says this in Matthew, it says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Again, there's no lack. There's only running over. There's only, there's only running over of emotional energy and, and of passion and desire and life. What does that, that song say? You are life. Yeah. Your name is life. Yeah. Just If you don't know what to do, if you don't know how to stir yourself, if you don't know how to get up, just say Jesus. Yeah. And say it again. Good. And then say it again. Yeah. And then say it again. I tell you, by the hundredth time, you'll be, you'll be feeling different. Yeah. And you'll be feeling full. Yeah. And you'll be feeling lighter. And your mindset will start to shift. And you'll be looking at your circumstance differently than you were before. But let's do it. And and let's not be observers of life. Let's participate in the life we've been gifted. Because yeah. we get one shot at this. Yeah. One shot to make a difference. I love what Vicky said. While there is health in my body, yeah. while there is breath in my lungs, I will praise him. Yeah. I will serve him. I will serve in his house. And and the awesome thing is like I was able to do one of their daughter's weddings and then I was able to baptize their grandson. And it is this is why church exists for that. Yeah. For Vicky. For one life. For because it says that God's will is that none should perish, all should come to eternal life. For the one. For the one God bankrupted heaven. And they said, But now I'm going after everyone. Can I, can I let's let's get on fire. Let's get passionate. Let's get excited. Let's stir ourselves and live differently amen goes on you know most of the psalms were written by david david the worshiper david the giant slayer david that killed a lion and a bear david that that became a great king one of the most wise and 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 uh you know uh, wealthiest kings in all of history but this one this was written by the the Kohathites those that served in the temple, those that kept the, the flame burning, those that offered up worship to God, and but they went beyond their duty. Yeah. And I think sometimes we feel like we've got this, this duty in life to serve God, mm-hmm. and it has to be arduous and hard, and it's, and it's costing me, and, and, I'm, and I'm pushed. Well, it will cost you, yeah. but it should cost you. Because Jesus says, for the joy set before the cross, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning it, shame. What was the? There's no joy in the cross. There's no, no joy in having your back scourged. There's no joy in having a crown of thorns driven into your head. There's no joy in having six-inch nails driven through your your wrists and your your shins and being pierced. There's no joy in that. This is for the joy set before him. For the joy beyond the cross, he endured the cross. He endured the hardship. He endured the pain. He endured being called every name under the sun and becoming sin on our behalf so that we could be made righteous in him. There is going to be pain in life. There is going to be a price to pay. There is going to be some suffering. There's going to be something we have to go through. But let's look beyond what life throws at us and say, for the joy before us. I'm going to walk as a Christian. I'm going to walk on fire. I'm going to come alive. I'm going to do what some other people can't do because I'm I'm empowered of heaven. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. Is this all right? I kind of just wanted to... To share this morning, a few thoughts, you know, we, we came in a church, I came in a church in 1992, and this is kind of every, every pastor's dream, nine of us, we're a family of nine, we walk into C3 Brookvale at the time, uh, and it comes to the time of altar call, and I thought the music was fantastic, it was a church of a few thousand, it was this big auditorium, uh, we're sitting there, but we were, I was raised Catholic, 
we were very religious. Uh, my dad's like five foot nothing, and every Friday night he'd walk down the, the driveway and you knew it was, oh my gosh, we're doing the rosary. And Kimberly, you might have even seen him walking down Tasman Road. But he'd get out of his ute, He's a, he was a builder as well, he'd get out of his ute and he'd go to the Catholic Church and he'd pick up the statue of Mary. It was nearly as big as him. And so he's got a five foot statue of Mary under a pillow slip. My dad carrying, oh, I think he's got a bad back today because he was carrying Mary for so long. And he'd come in and he'd put the statue of Mary and would do the, the um, rosary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And, and, and we did it 50 times and, and every Friday night we ate fish and chips. And we were a good Catholic family, uh, like a really good Catholic family. And I was raised religious, and I, I've said it before that I, I like Jesus. I like the stories about Jesus. I did Catholic schooling from kinder all the way through to year 12. And I actually liked religion class. I, I liked it. And it was, it was, we had nuns teaching us, and nuns that would cane us. If you were out of line, you got, you got, it was, it was brutal. It was, it was tough love. But we were raised religious. So I went to this church, and I thought, this is awesome. They're talking about Jesus, and the music's good, and there's lots of people, and everybody's excited. They're raising their hands. That's a bit weird. I don't know what they're doing. That language they've got going on, I'm not sure about that either. But uh, this is cool. I like this. And then Pastor Phil came to the point where he gave an altar call. And it, like, it, was, it was unconscious, and, it was, and instantly, all more enhancement like this. And I think Pastor Phil's looking for the front stage, just going, what the heck just happened? We've got a revival. Revival's in the town. We've got nine. There's nine. Is there any more? Give me another one. And all nine of us went for it on a day, let's say. Well, that was 1992. And I think it was three weeks later, I was going to youth. Six months later, I was in youth ministry. Uh, and from then, kind of, as they say, the rest is history. Uh, we went on to become the associate youth pastors there. We, we grew a youth ministry to over 2,000 kids. We had youth conferences that we ran in Sydney, Melbourne, and Perth that would get over 2,000 in attendance to each one and have like two to 400 salvations every time. Uh, and then from there it went to, we, would you come on staff? I, I was in project management at the time in Sydney. I was like, no, I don't, I don't really need to. I'm, I'm doing it voluntarily. So what do I need to come on? They're paying me well. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Let's just keep it like this. They said, no, no, we want you to come on and, and run the youth ministry for us, and Jürgen's going to be the pastor. And I think we had over a million-dollar budget every year just for our youth ministry, and we did what we did. But then it was like, well, now you need to come on to the men's team, and now you need to teach at Bible college. And I'd, I'd gone to Bible college for three years before that. Uh, and then now you need to become a part of our ministry team, and now you need to travel with me. So I travelled around the world for many years with Pastor Phil. And all I, I'm saying this, my heart was in the house of God. And it wasn't tough, and it wasn't burdensome, and it, and it was massive. There were some years where I travelled for 35 weeks of the year, and I'd be in South Africa, and then would fly home, and then have a day off, and then I'd fly to America, and then come back, and then I'd go to Singapore, and then come back, and then go to New like it was, and it was energising, and it was awesome, and we still managed to stay married, and we still married, managed to have three kids, and we still managed to build four homes, and we said it was like it wasn't either or. It was, you can live a big life, you can enjoy it, I'm with you in the middle of it all, and I'll bless what you're doing. And I want to encourage us just to, to flip that switch. The kingdom isn't like the culture of the world. Yeah. It's so totally different, so don't try and work it out. And don't try and think, well, I can do this, and then I'll compartmentalize, and then I can do this. No, no, just live all in for God. Yeah. Live all in with everything you do, and watch his hand of blessing and favor rest on everything else that you do. What does it say in Matthew 6? Don't worry. 
Don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink. Don't worry about that. That's what the world worries about. Don't worry about finance. Don't worry about it. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I'm like, God, no, just firstly, add all these things unto me, and I'll be happy. I'll be fulfilled. I'll be contented. I'll be the whole man. You complete me, God. Just, Just give me all these things, and then. He says, no, 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 seek me first, and then. Seek me first, get happy now. Really, what did Mother Teresa say? You'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Sometimes we think, I need this. I need it. I need a bigger house. I need a better car. I need a longer holiday. I need, no, no, you need Jesus. We need Jesus. Your friends need Jesus. Your family needs Jesus. And if you are overflowing, if you're filled to capacity, if your life is overflowing, you can overflow into their life, into the ones that need what you have. Let's not hold on to, let's not contain. I've got got 97 gallons of Jesus, and I'm holding on to him, baby. I'm not letting go. Oh, dang, I'm a little bit spilled out. I'm at 95. Shivers. Life's throwing me some curveballs. Now I'm back to the donut. Let it flow. Live an open life and let God get the glory. Let others get what you've got. Freely you've received, freely give. Amen? And honestly, over 30 years, I just found that my heart and my passion was in the house of God. And and I've come to this realization, our lives will ultimately look like or reflect our passions. Good and bad. My life will look like what I am most passionate about. The thing that I desire the most, because I can tell you what I believe, but you should be able to tell me what I believe by watching my life, by looking at how I live and how I do life and and, and what I spend my life on, because our lives will. And so I wanted to ask this question, what examples are you following? Are you following the example of the way? Because Jesus, God of himself says, I am the way, the truth and the life. That's who I am. I am the way. The truth and the life. Are we following the way or are we following the world? Because mm-hmm. Glenn was talking last night that most people's thinking is shaped and shifted by the world. Yeah. We are limited and contained because what the world says is possible is what we believe. Yeah. But God says all things are possible to those who believe. Are we following the way or the world? Because the world is temporal. Yeah. The world is fleeting. The world is self-centered. The world is about me. I have to enlarge myself. But God says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Yeah. We don't have to elevate ourselves. God will do that. Yeah. When we humble ourselves under his will and his way, he says, I'm going to lift you up. Yeah. I'm going to empower you. Yeah. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to enable you to be what you can't be apart from me. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but that... That blows me away. And the reality is, whatever we follow or go after will feed us, fuel us, and fill us. And I've only got so much capacity. Where it says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you, God's saying, I want you to increase your capacity. I want you to enlarge the place of your tent. But you're at capacity now because you're holding on to what you shouldn't be holding on to. Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight 
yeah. and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race set before us yeah. looking under Jesus. I gotta let for me to be able to run the race looking to Jesus, I've got to let go of certain things. I've got to put some things down and say, that's not my burden to carry. That's not my weight to carry. I'm not caring about that anymore. It's not that I'm uncaring. It's I'm not caring about that because that thing there is holding on to me. That thing is limiting me being able to move forward in life. Can, can I encourage you to get a bigger mindset this morning? To live beyond, to think beyond, dream beyond where you're currently living because God wants to take you there and more. You think you're at your capacity and you're only at 40%. Yeah. You are only at 40. Take another breath. Regroup. Have a moment. Let's go again. But you don't understand. It's tough. You don't understand what's coming against me. You don't understand what the bank said. You don't understand what the doctor said. What did God say? Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, with prayer and supplication, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But, no but. But God. But God. Hey, Peter, why don't you come walking on the water to me? But there's a storm. No, no, I'm asking you to come and walk on the water. Why don't you push out into the deep? Why don't you? See, because life isn't done in the shallows. This is Luke 5 from last night with Glenn. He's saying Jesus was there. The, the crowds were thronging all around him. He's teaching and he's preaching. He says, he's got a boat. Simon, give me a boat. He says, push out into the deep. Says that they fished all day and caught nothing. You may feel like you've been doing life for a long time in the shallows and you've caught nothing. You haven't achieved what you were dreaming of. You haven't you haven't succeeded where you thought you would. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't give up. Push out into the deep. Yeah. Go a little deeper. Find some rhythm for your life. Start to pray and read. Start to pray and read. But you don't understand. Dr. Yongi Cho used to run a church with a million people. He ran a church with a million people for 50 years. And someone came and interviewed him once, and he said, um, they said, Dr. Cho, you pray six, more, six hours every morning. You run a church of a million people. How do you have time to do it? And he kind of chuckled. He chuckled. He was a little Chinese, but he just chuckled. And he said, uh, the, the guy asked him the question again, how, do you, how can you afford six hours? He goes, if I don't pray, I don't have enough time to get what done what I have to get done. I went to a stadium once with, it was just his connect leaders. And at the connect leaders, you're allowed a connect leader and two, your two leaders that you were raising up. In the stadium was 160,000 people. We were, in, we were in a stadium, 160,000 connect leaders and upcoming leaders praying, roaring, crying out to God. How do you, how do you, I, we've got a few staff, we've got a few things going on and it's big. He had 50,000 connect leaders. He had like, some thousands of staff. They were, he said, if I, do not, if I don't find my rhythm, yeah. I can't live passionately. Yeah. If I don't find that space where God is in control and I've taken my hands off the wheel, life doesn't work. I need to spend that six hours finding God because if I find God, everything else works. Can, can I encourage you here this morning? If you want to live passionately, if you want to live on fire, if you want to live purposefully and have God leading you and guiding you in life, find him. Find him every day. Find that place where everything else subsides, where, where the white noise dissipates, where the, the opinions, where the thoughts, where the challenges just drift away, and you find God. If you find God, you'll find vision. If you find God, you'll be endured with power. If you find God, you will be filled with peace. You will have every single thing you need for what you're facing right now because there's more in you than you think you've got on the inside of you. Amen? Amen. Yeah.
Life without passion is flat and boring. And you know what? We can live beige, boring lives and just eke out an existence and just get through. But you weren't put on this planet just to take up space and air. You were put on this planet to thrive, to enjoy every moment, to be who you are. You are unique. Be uniquely you, touched of God and thrive in life. Smile at every every circumstance. Smile at what you're going through. Have people like an Aaron who challenge you. Man, you're not smiling at the moment. Just start to smile. All right, I'm sorry about that. Boom. And it literally took one statement from somebody who's confident enough to say it for, to click me out of a, a moment that I've been in for a few hours and I go, stop it. Get back in it. Now I'm in rhythm. Now I'm in. Let people talk to you. And you know what? We're followers of God. We are. We are, we are Christ followers, but we can also follow others who are filled with Christ. Yeah. And that's what Paul said. He said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Look at my life. Look at what I do. If you want to succeed, look at others in faith who are succeeding, who are walking a good walk. The Bible says the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the unjust are destroyed by their duplicity. Let's not live duplicit lives where on Monday to Friday I'm in the world, but on Saturday and Sunday I'm praising Jesus. No, no, let's just live all in for Jesus. Amen. I'm going to finish with this. Maybe the team could come. In Luke 2, 41 says this. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as was usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And his parents didn't miss him at first. That, that, just that moment of peace. <laughs> I want another ice cream. I want an e they, they didn't miss him. They should have missed him. This is the Messiah. My gosh, what are you guys doing? They didn't miss him. But when he didn't show up that evening, they start, started looking for him among his relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, three days. Have you ever lost a kid for three days? That's a bad moment. That, that, that'll be... That's not funny. Uh, three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers, and his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. I love this. Why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. I, I love this because she said, we were searching for you. And he said, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I'd be found in my father's house? And I can honestly say, what are we in now? 2023, 31 years later, I've missed a handful of Sundays. Not because I have to be in church. Not because I'm paid to be in church. I come to the house of God when we're here and when we're not here. If I'm not here on a Sunday, it's not because I'm having a day off. It's, it's, it's not we're down the beach because the weather was good. I'm, I'm in another church. And if I'm not preaching in that church, I'm worshipping in a church because I have to be in my father's house. And I can honestly tell you, hand on heart, my life, my joy, my passion, when I come and stand, it doesn't matter what the week's been like, it washes off. Yeah. When I start to worship, when I go, you know, I'm just opening myself, God, because I don't have it all together. I make mistakes. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner just like you. But when I come to this place, it's like God says, let, let me just breathe on you for a minute. Yeah. Let me just take that blow. At the end of that, we've got kids. You, some of you have got kids. It doesn't matter the mistakes they make. There's a, there's a time, there's a moment. There's a, you just grab them. 
Zachy did something this week. We told him not to do it, he did it anyway. The result was I told what I told him would happen if he did it. And then he rings me, he texts me, so I didn't answer the text because I knew he'd done what I told him not to do, and the result was what I told him it would be. And so he texts me again, and then he texts me again, then he calls a few times, he goes, Dad, just answer. Dad, I just want you to answer. I said, it's all good. And the more I said it's all good, the more he got worked up thinking he was going to be in trouble. And he was more upset at himself than I was at him because he's a kid. I did that when I was a kid. My mum said, don't do this, I did that, and then the result of it was what she said it would be. But the thing is this, I grabbed him, gave him a hug, he said, it's all right, we can fix it. But what do you learn from it? And I think it's kind of like God wants to go, it's all right, I can fix it. What'd you learn from it? What'd you learn from it? And the thing was, his smile after that moment was better than what it was before he did what I told him not to do. Because there was a moment, God wants to have a moment with us, church. God wants you so passionate, so alive, so full of faith, so full of vision, so that it doesn't matter what comes against you. You know that your father has his arm around you saying, it's all right, we can fix it. We can fix it. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.